Good morning, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, so glad that you could be here. Maybe it's your first time ever joining us. We're so happy you did, or maybe you're a weekly um, watcher, listener, and uh, glad to have you back as well. Hope you all had a very Merry Christmas. Hope you had a great day, family, friends, food, everything that goes with Christmas. I uh, hope yours was special indeed. But my question is, now what? Right? Christmas is over. Tree starts to come down. The lights begin to fade out. The gifts have all been opened. <clears throat> what now? Where do we go from here? What do we do now? Actually, this week is really one of my favorite weeks of the year. It's a great week, the week after Christmas, the last week of our year. I like it because it gives me time to look back on the past year and yet to look forward to a new year. Gives me a chance to think back and reflect on all that uh, we've been through in the past year and at the same time, kind of in sort of a way, get a fresh slate, clean piece of paper to start the new year. So actually... I really love it. It's kind of what I want to do today. I want us to think about the old year, think about the new year. A.W. Tozier once said something I think pretty important. He said, of all persons, the Christian should be best prepared for whatever the new year brings. He's dealt with life at its source. In Christ, he has disposed of a thousand enemies that other men must face alone and unprepared. He can face his tomorrow cheerful and unafraid because yesterday he turned his feet into the ways of peace and today he lives in God. Watch this. The man who has made God his dwelling place will always have a safe habitation. I think that is a good word for us as we stop to contemplate and think about the new year, as we think about where we go from here. I don't know what your tradition is about bringing in the new year. I don't know what your tradition is about New Year's Eve and how you do. Um, someone said an optimist stays up until midnight on New Year's Eve to see the new year in, while a pessimist stays up to make sure the old year goes away. Maybe that's the way you feel today. I think probably most of us are at a place where we're ready to see the old year go away. <clears throat> we want to see out 2020, maybe more even than we want to see in 2021. I don't know what your thoughts are, but I believe Tozier is right. We who have fellowship with Christ and a personal relationship with Jesus Christ have the advantage and are prepared for whatever the new year brings. Now, here's what I want to talk about a little bit today. I want to come with this thought. The new year is a good time to sharpen your focus. <clears throat> it's a good time to sharpen your focus on your life, your purpose, maybe your family, maybe your relationship with Jesus, whatever it might be. I want to take you to the New Testament and there we read from the Apostle Paul uh, a letter that he wrote to the Philippian church. One of my favorite letters, if not my favorite. And uh, Paul has so much to say in this tiny little letter, and yet so impactful. But I want to focus in on a few verses in chapter 3 and <clears throat> reflect in them just a moment and think through them just a moment and, and, and give you some thoughts to think about as well. <clears throat> in verse number 12 through 14 of chapter 3, here's what Paul says. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things. Now, he's looking back. If, we, if you had time to see the context in the setting, you'd know that Paul was talking about all that he has in Christ and all that he wants to be in Christ and how he wants Christ to be his all in all and, and how he wants to give his life for the glory of God. He's talking about how to live life. And he says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. 
But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus. There's the word. I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So Paul gives us a really good synopsis of how to focus on our lives, how to focus in on our purpose, how to focus in on what God has for us. He does it by giving us gold in three verbs. Three verbs that are very important. The first verb is forgetting. The, The second verb is looking. And the third is pressing. This idea of looking, this idea of forgetting this idea of pressing. So let me talk about that just for a moment and unpack that a little bit. First of all, Paul says, as we focus, and I think really applicable to us at this particular week of the year, we should think first about the past. We should think about the past. Now, Paul says forgetting the past, and yet later on, he's going to tell us to remember some things. And so we know that he's thinking about more than just forgetting everything. And I'm kind of glad nobody has to instruct me in that. My age, I just forget things, right? But I think what he's saying is focus on the past. Think about the past. There are certain things that we need to think about when we think about the past. First of all, we think about, and when we think about the past, we need to remember that there are things that we need to release. There are things that we need to let go. There are things in our life that have cluttered our lives or or crowded our lives that need to be released. Maybe it's some unhealthy feelings towards some other person. Maybe it's an unhealthy relationship. Maybe it's some unhealthy thoughts about ourselves and our past. Maybe it's some, some, some ideas and some strategies that we need to release. Maybe it's motivations that we need to release and let go. Well, there's some things that we clearly need to release. There's things like anger in our hearts or bitterness in our hearts or unforgiveness in our hearts. When you think about, think back and you think about the past, you realize there are some things that we need to release. But there are also some things we need to remember, right? While Paul is suggesting that we do release things and that we don't focus on the past, we do need to remember. The scripture tells us in several places to remember, to bring to recall the things that we've learned. As a matter of fact, we look just last week in our study about the, the importance of looking at or, or watching from, learning from things that occurred in the past. So you know what? We look back on 2020. I know it was a tough year. I know it was a difficult year. It's probably a year that none of us would choose to relive. And yet, I want to suggest to you that it was also a great opportunity for us to grow in our faith as we faced new challenges, as we faced new opportunities, as we faced new questions, as we faced a pandemic that none of us had lived through before, like none of us had lived through before. All of these things challenged our faith. How are we going to pay our bills when we're laid off for three months? How are we going to make up for the income loss because of a shutdown economy? What's going to happen in the stock market, all of those things that cause trouble in our hearts, but literally cause us to turn to trust in God. What can we learn from the past year? I believe we need to remember some things to learn some things. Then secondly, Paul says, we should think about the future. 
Think about the future. He said, forgetting the things that are past and looking forward to what lies ahead. So think about the future. As I think about the new year, I think about several things. I think about some habits that need to change, right? There's some old habits that need to change in the future. Now, I'm talking about my life. I'm pretty sure it's yours too, but I know in my own heart and in my own life, there are some habits that need to be changed, some old habits that have been sticking around. Maybe I just picked them up in 2020. Maybe I started those habits in 2019. Maybe I started them as many as 10 years ago or more. What are those old habits? I would challenge you in the next week as we prepare to bridge our way into 2021 that you pause a little bit and ask God to show you the habits. What old habits need to disappear? What old habits need to change? Maybe it's watching TV too much. I love TV. I love to watch TV. I'm not anti-TV. But you know what? It's amazing to me if we stop to calculate it, how much time is wasted in watching TV. Maybe it's use of social media. Social media has come to the place that it occupies hours of our day. Again, I'm all right with social media, not against it, not opposed to it. And yet the hours that we spend there will never come back to us. I don't know what old habits you may have in your heart, in your life, but there's some probably that needs to change. When I think about the future, I also know there are some new habits that need to start. We use the word habit. I've used the word habit. Uh, The word I like better maybe is disciplines. There are some new disciplines in my life that I need to start. One thing in the past year, I, I tried to discipline myself to make it a habit, if you will, to eat healthier. <clears throat> okay, that's important. That's a discipline that, that it was a good discipline that I want to carry over into the new year. But, but maybe there's disciplines for you, a disciplined time of prayer, a disciplined time for Bible reading or Bible study, a, a disciplined time to serve your community, to serve other people, a discipline in your finances, a, a, a difference in to, to, to a discipline in your, your ability to get your finances under control. Maybe, maybe to get out of debt this year. Maybe, maybe to move forward in some other area. I don't know. But you think that through. It's a great week of the year because we can contemplate the past and we can also look to the future and think of some old habits that need to disappear and some new habits that need to be formed. Third, Paul says, we should focus intensely on today. He said, I press on. I'm pressing. When you see that, think of this picture. In the original language, the word is the word from which we get our word agonize from. So when you think about pressing, I'm pressing today, get a picture of an Olympic athlete who's giving every ounce of energy that he has, who's expending energy at a premium with every muscle flexed and every muscle moving to achieve the goal of winning the gold. That's the idea. Paul's not talking about a casual little, well, I hope things go well today. He's talking about intensely pursuing excellence in our lives, intentionally pursuing a movement in our life that is healthy and that is strong and that builds us and grows us spiritually and brings glory and honor to God. So what does that look like? A little bit, a little bit maybe more specific. Well, I found another passage that I want to share with you and just read through. It's very simple and we can unpack it as we go. But I think it gives us some really key ideas about how we intensely 
um, focus on today. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 11. I'm reading from the New Living Translation just because I really like the way it put it. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, <clears throat> I close my letter with these last, four wor- these last words. Be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony and peace, then the God of love and peace will be with you. Now, I want to I look at those words just a minute and, and just break it down very simply. First of all, he says, brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm bringing this letter to a close. So let me just give you something very practical. Let me give you something for you. Let me give you something to focus on as you move through your life as believers. He said, first of all, be joyful. <clears throat> you know what? That is a good way to focus intently on today. Today, I want to be joyful. That's a choice, really, right? We have a choice about that matter. We have a choice to be joyful. We can be woeful. We can bemoan the fact that we don't have what we have, or we can be grateful for the fact that God's blessed us with what we do have. We can bemoan the difficulty of the day, or we can rejoice in the fact that God has given us another day. We can wake saying, this is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice. I'll be grateful and thank him in that. I'm convinced we need hearts that are thankful. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty convinced that in the new year, if I can focus each day on gratitude and being thankful for the day that God's given me and the blessing that he's given to me in that day, it's going to make it a better day. He says, rejoice. And then he says, grow up, grow to maturity grow up in our lives. You know, our, our place as Christians really is to grow up. Um, but unfortunately, many of us resist growing up or at best do nothing to grow up. Somebody said being young is fun. Staying young is not fun. That's very true in a Christian's life, right? It's one thing to acknowledge that we are babies in Christ. We come to faith in Christ. The Bible describes us as newborn babies and and, and really likens the spiritual growth in us as, as the physical growth of a baby who grows into a toddler and a toddler who grows into an adolescence and adolescence into adulthood. In reality... We as believers ought to grow. But it's amazing to me how many people have been Christians for 20 years and are still sitting in a high chair, still eating baby food, not willing to grow up. Paul says, here's something to think about. Grow to maturity. So he says we should be joyful. We should be thankful. We should grow up. And then he says, encourage each other. What a great word. Encourage each other. Have you stopped to think about how much we need encouragement We all need encouragement. Someone said, people are way too quick to criticize and way too slow to encouragement. I think that's very, very true. Oftentimes, what we think about is how to criticize other people instead of how to encourage them. When's the last time you gave somebody a word of encouragement? When's the last time you took time to encourage someone? You say, well, Pastor Eddie, I don't really know how to do that. Let me give you some thoughts. Maybe you could be an encourager by just being a good listener. Some people just need to talk. And some people just need somebody like you or me to listen. Be a good listener. Now, here's what I found, or at least maybe this is just true of me. I don't know. But for me, I like to talk more than I like to listen. (laughs) And yet, we're reminded that James said that we should be slow to speak and quick to hear. 
We need to learn to be listeners to people. It's an encouragement. Maybe you could express gratitude more regularly to others. Another thing we've come to in our society, our culture today, is we have left off that, those two words that are so powerful. Those two words mean thank you. Thank you. I don't know if it's because of a level of expectation. I don't know because we feel some entitled to things more. I don't know what it is, but I know this. I know those two words still are powerful words that change people's lives. Just a simple little thank you. An unprompted, unasked for thank you. Maybe send someone a note. That's one of the things I've got, frankly, on my little list that I'm compiling for the new year. And I'm trying to think, how can I grow up? How, how can I encourage other people? Uh, you know what? I just bought me a little notepad with some notes. And I, I want to write some notes to people. And I think I want to do it because some of you have written me notes before. And that's been encouraging. I'm just encouraged to get a simple little note that just says, hey, you blessed my heart today. Bye. One of the great things about social media is we can send those messages, right? Maybe you could encourage someone by giving some of your time or affirming words to them. It's amazing to me how many of us have the love language of affirmation. Affirming words go a long way. Don't be afraid to say Thank you. <clears throat> Bob Goff, I love to read Bob Goff's his thoughts. Bob Goff said, most people need love, acceptance, and encouragement a lot more than they need advice. <laughs> That's a pretty good word for us to think about. And then finally, he says, live in harmony and peace. That is, we should strive for unity. Now, that's a new thought for the year. I'm telling you, I wish all Americans could grab that because we have lacked unity in the past year. And it's been blatantly noticeable, right? We know there, there's just a divide, a division that takes place in our country right now, that a division in so many ways. And, and yet we need to strive for unity. It's a lesson for the church today. Even in the church, we have this division. We, we can't seem to understand that some people are going to be different than us with different ideas and different opinions and, and different values and different thoughts. And yet they still can be my brother and sister in Christ. How do we learn to walk in unity? I'm convinced that it is a, an act of obedience, a striving that is necessary in order for us to walk in the unity that Christ has for us. Just a few thoughts. I, I could go on and on, but I think you get the point. So I want to bring things to a close with a simple little takeaway. And maybe this will help you as you bridge this gap between 2020 2021. We got a week to do it. It's my favorite week of the year. I want you to contemplate. And here's the takeaway. Learn from the past, lean into the future, and live in the present. I'll tell you, I think that can change us. If we can learn from the past, from 2020 and even before, if we can lean into the future, thanking God that he's given us hope for the future and a plan and a purpose for the future. And then if we can live in the present, enjoy the day that God gives you today. If we learned anything in 2020, it should be that life is fragile. And we need to live for today because we may not have tomorrow. Live in the present as you lean into the future and learn from the past. Man, that's a good word from the apostle today. And I guess the one thing I would add in closing is love God and love people. The most important thing I could leave you with today is with an invitation for you 
to understand the love of God in fullness, for you to come to the place that you receive God's gift of eternal life, the gift that God has promised you, and that is the forgiveness of sin, reconciliation with God, peace with God. If I could just offer you that, it'd be the greatest gift you've received this season. I don't know what you got on on Friday, but I know this. I know that the greatest gift ever is the gift God gave to man. Paul said to the Galatians that God gave his son as a wonderful gift to you. Salvation can be yours today. You say, Pastor Eddie, I'd like to know more about that. Then you know what? Somebody's waiting to talk to you about that right now. Someone's waiting to pray with you right now about that matter. Right now, you can just click on your screen and and you'll find there, you'll see there an opportunity for you to chat with someone. It can become very private and pray with someone. Or you know what? Even, Even if you just want to raise your hand and say, hey, just want you guys to know that I've invited Jesus into my heart and into my life. Or maybe you just want to comment on there and say, hey, I want you guys to know you've been an encouragement to me this past year as, we've been, as I've been watching <clears throat> online. Maybe you just would offer a thought to us right now. We'd love to hear from you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your power and your might. And God, would you now speak to the hearts of many, I pray. And Lord, I pray that as we look back on 2020 and look forward to 2021, that we will look with confidence because we trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you and happy new year.